Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the On The Rocks podcast. I'm Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman. Appreciate you tuning in to the show today. We've got a packed agenda for you. Main segment featuring an interview with Trevor Story. He talks about his offensive surge as of late, his rookie season, and a little bit about his personal life as the Rockies head to Texas for a homecoming for Story and Chad Bettis this weekend. And then in the closing segment, Patrick Saunders is going to be doing this hit-and-run segment, running down his current status of the team as they are desperately fighting off a June swoon here, having just lost two of three in Philadelphia. But before we get to the main segment and Mr. Story, a little opening segment for you here. What's your worth? How salary stacks up with performance, just assessing some of these Rockies players and pitchers. So starting with the players, looking at war and looking at salary, and Nolan Arenado leading the team in war at 2.5. Well, he's also making 17.75 million this year. All of these salary stats per baseball reference. So yeah, Nolan's getting it done at third base in the box. But of course, the Rockies uh, paying a pretty pity for it. He's the second highest player on the team this year behind Ian Desmond's 22 million. We'll get to him in a second. But Nolan, he's going to be a free agent in 2020. And going down to the second guy in war on the team, that's Trevor Story. He is at 1.7 behind Nolan's 2.5. But hey, Story is coming at an absolute bargain to the Rockies. He's making just $555,000 this season. So a huge steal at shortstop. And of course, keep in mind, folks, that these salaries, these contracts, a lot of it based on service time as well as performance and story, just his third season in the league. So just 555K of that payroll tied up in a potential all-star shortstop in Trevor Story. Going down the list, Chuck Nasty at 1.0 with the war. And, of course, he just signed that big contract in the offseason. He's making $12.5 million. And then the fourth uh, linchpin in the lineup, DJ, his war is 0.6. He's making $8.5 million. And, of course, free agency looming for him. Going down to the bottom of the offensive war, you have Ian Desmond dead last on the team at negative 0.9. And, of course, he's making $22 million this season. So, obviously, statistically at this point, the worst investment offensively for the Rockies, considering his war and the amount of buku bucks that the Rockies front office is paying him. Again, folks, this is the On the Rocks podcast, the opening segment. You're listening to sports writer Kyle Newman. we got Trevor Story coming up on the second segment. And to close, beat writer Patrick Saunders with his hit-and-run segment to break down the current status of the team. Right now, I'm just doing a little what's-your-worth action here on the podcast, how Colorado players' salaries stack up with their actual performance on the field so far this year. We'll go over to the pitchers now, having just done the players. And starting at the top of the war, John Gray is at 1.9, leaning all the pitchers on the team. He's making $555,000. Number two, Kyle Freeland, 1.2 war, making $550,000. So between John Gray, Kyle Freeland, and Trevor Story, it's about $1.5 million going to all three of those guys, and they're getting a ton of production out of them. You know, despite Gray's scuffles, K-Free as well as of late, but, um, I mean, those guys, in terms of bang for your buck, it's not going to get much better than that. 
Gray six and seven, five six eight ERA right now. Kyle Freeland six and six with a three point six eight. ERA. He's been their best starter. Going down the war list, Adam Ottavino, 1.1. He's number three uh, ranking in the Rockies, and he's making $7 million this year, so they're paying for that. And then going down to the very bottom of the war rankings for the Rockies is where we really start getting to trouble in terms of value. Uh, Mike Dunn, negative 0.2. He's making 7 mil. Chris Russin, negative 0.4. He's making 1.29 mil. And perhaps not perhaps, most certainly the biggest disappointment in the Rockies' bullpen so far this year. Brian Shaw, his war is negative 0.5. He's making $7.5 million this season. So when you do a cost analysis, obviously some guys, especially those young guys like Freeland, Gray, and Story, are coming at a very cheap rate for the Rockies, while some of those veterans so far have not panned out. Appreciate you listening to the podcast. I am sports writer Kyle Newman. Tune into the next segment with Trevor Story and come back for more in part three with Mr. Patrick Saunders. Hey everybody, welcome back to the On The Rocks podcast. I am sports writer Kyle Newman here in Philadelphia as the Rockies out here on a road trip. They're headed to Texas this weekend as well. And I'm sitting down here for the main segment of this week's podcast with shortstop Trevor Story. We got a couple quick things to to talk about here, Trevor. And um, I want to start off with the average. You know, three home runs, 367 average and six RBIs over this last seven games. Are you feeling locked in? Because it looks like you're locked in. Yeah, I feel good. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's uh, you know, there's times throughout the season where, you know, you're not feeling great. Um, you know, you just try to battle to, you know, get in that spot where you can compete. And, um, you know, for me, for me, it's not trying about, you know, I don't want to do too much. Um, right. You know, when I try to, you know, leave the yard or, you know, try to try to do, do more than I need to, then I, I kind of get in trouble. So, um for me, you know, less is more in a sense, and um, you know, just just kind of keeping that mindset. But you have left the yard uh, several times. You had that two home run game the other day. Um, what is it when you get that power, those streaks of power? And we saw it your rookie year too. I mean, are you getting more extension on it? I mean, I know you watch a lot of film. Like, what are the differences in those swings as opposed to base hit, you know, or doubles in the gap? Yeah, um, you know, a lot of it has to do with. Um, you know, pitch selection. Um, you know, if if I get a you know a pitch that I can handle, you know that that's you know, if it's up, you know that that's good. You know, th- those are the ones that I think, um, you know, happen to happen to go out. So, you know, if if I see a ball up, you know, I get extended on. It, I think that that's when it goes out. Or, or um, you know, if it's a breaking ball down that I can kind of go get. Um, you know, sometimes those goes out. Those go out too. Again, folks, Kyle Newman alongside Trevor Story on the On the Rocks podcast. Trevor, thanks for coming on. And uh, back to your hitting, one more thing before we move on. So the strikeouts, 191 last year, led the NL, 77 this year. Are, is that something you think about, or, or, or how do you kind of – we've talked about it several times throughout the season. How do you consciously try and cut down on those? But knowing you can't go up to the plate being like, you know, don't strike out, obviously. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think, uh, you know, that, that's something – you know, I, I went into the off season, um, you know, wanting to to fix, um, 
you know, I don't think you can ever like truly fix that, but you know, you can always get better. And, um, you know, I think, you know, I've been, I've been a little bit better this year. Um, you know, just having those tough at bats and, you know, maybe putting the ball in play more so often. Um, but, um, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's about taking care of the at bat before it gets to two strikes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, usually, uh, you know, last year I felt like I would foul off a pitch, um, you know, that, that I should be putting in play. So, um, if I can, you know, take care of the pitches and, you know, put the balls in play that I want to before it gets to two strikes. And I think that that takes care of a lot of, a lot of it. And so pitch selection then playing key there, especially early in the at-bats to yeah. kind of get your pitch. Yeah, huge, huge. Again, folks, on the Rocks podcast, Kyle Newman alongside Trevor Story. Switching gears here. So looking back to your rookie season, burst on uh, to the scene in 2016. You led the NL with 27 homers. Before that torn ligament in your left thumb derailed your season. How hard was that to kind of like get back on track and just overcome like the mental part of that? Like, wow, I was potentially rookie of the year. Now I'm on the sideline. Yeah, that was tough, um, you know, for me, um, you know, just because, you know, it was, it was my first year in the big leagues and, you know, it's kind of a it's a whirlwind, you know, everything's so new and, um, you know, you're not sure, you know, what's going on. You know, you're just kind of enjoying the ride and, um, you know, the ups and downs, you know, uh, you know, I felt so good, you know, when I'm playing and, you know, doing well. And then, you know, I have a season-ending injury and then, you know, it feels like rock bottom. And, um, you know, just, just the ups and downs of that season were, were crazy for me. Um, and, you know, it took a little bit, you know, mentally to, to get back to where, you know, I, I felt like, um, you know, mentally and physically where I felt like I was a full percent. But, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a crazy game. But, yeah, 16, 16 was, was a wild one. Well, and of course, you got injured by sliding headfirst uh, into a bag. Then you went back out and played defense, right, and kind of like re-aggravated it on, mm-hmm. on a hustle play. Haven't changed your style of play, though, uh, you know, still hustling, still diving. But did that season kind of like mold you for, you know, any of the tribulations last year with the strikeouts this year, you know, offensive woes overall with the team? Has that kind of molded you as, as a big league hitter? For sure, um, <clears throat> you know. I think experience is is the biggest part of, uh, you know, learning. And, you know, in 16, um, you know, I learned a lot from that going into last year. And, you know, I I learned a lot from last year coming into this year. Um, You know, knowing that, uh, you know, this you're not always going to be clicking in in this game. And, um, you know, just just knowing when to compete, you know, just that's that's the biggest thing is competing. And, um, you know, you're not always going to feel the best. You know, your swings aren't always going to feel the best. So. Um, just learning to compete in those times, and I think that that kind of minimizes, uh, you know, hopefully the struggle. And folks, Kyle Newman alongside Trevor Story, Rocky Shortstop on the Rocks podcast here. He's hitting 263 overall this season as of this recording, but that number continues to climb uh, with a hot June so far. And shifting to the last segment here, Trevor, kind of a homecoming. You're going back to Texas this weekend when you guys play the Rangers. You're from Irving, Texas. I mean, what does that kind of mean to you to, to be back in your home state, you know, playing baseball? It's huge. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. Um, you know, like like I said, we, we had a chance to go there in 16, um, but, you know, I hurt my thumb. I think it was two weeks before we went there, so I, I never got to play there. But, um, you know, grew up I, I grew up a Rangers fan, so, you know, it's, it's going to be pretty special to be able to play and, um, you know, be in front of my family and friends and be back with them. And, you know, I think it's going to be cool. I'm really looking forward to it. Who are your favorite Rangers players? Pudge, Juan Gon? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Those are Pudge. Um, Michael Young was, was my guy. Um, but, yeah, I love Juan Gonzalez, too. Um, you know, the, those are my guys. And to f- close the show here, or to close this segment, should I say, I want to just kind of touch on your personal life a little bit. I mean, 
the Trevor story I knew before I started covering the team, you're very confident out there, almost borderline cocky, some might say. But then I get to know you kind of in the clubhouse. You carry yourself with a certain poise, a certain humility. I mean, kind of like who would you credit to kind of shaping Trevor's story as we know him, despite kind of your major league success and everything that you've achieved? Um, yeah, you know, I think definitely uh, my parents. Um, yeah, I think that's just kind of the way I was raised. Um, you know, to have that humility and, uh, you know, I think that's huge, you know, especially in this game because, uh, you know, it's really tough and you can fall on your face pretty quick. So, um, you know, not, not to get too, too cocky, you know, when you're, when you're feeling good and, you know, don't get too low when you're, you know, you're not feeling too great. So, um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, it's important to have, you know, a little edge on the field, you know, have that, that intensity yep. on the field, um, you know, just cause I mean, that's just the way I, I've been, but, um, yeah, I don't think it's too overboard or, you know, anything like that. But, um, yeah, just, just having that balance of on the field and off the field is huge. And your parents still live in Texas? Yep. So they're obviously coming to the games. Yeah, yeah. How many people there. are you expecting to come out? Um, I'm not sure. Pro there's there's going to be a lot for sure. Uh, yeah, probably probably close to 50 or, or so. You know, nice. So a nice probably, little homecoming yeah, for yeah. you. Yeah, some more, yeah. Some more people will come that I don't know about. But, um. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to see everybody. Again, folks, Kyle Newman alongside Trevor Story on the Rocks podcast. Trevor, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it, man. All right, thank you. Folks, tune in to the final segment. Patrick Saunders has more analysis on the Colorado Rockies. Welcome back to the third segment of this edition of the On the Rocks podcast. I'm Patrick Saunders, Rockies beat writer for the Denver Post. And thanks again to Rockies shortstop Trevor Story for taking some time to sit down with my colleague, Kyle Newman. Great stuff from Trevor Story, so thanks again. This third segment is what I call Rockies hit and run. Essentially, it's my quick take on the state of the Rockies. And let's start out with Trevor Story. Tell you what, he's last I looked, he was fifth in the All-Star Game voting. He might be moving up the charts because he's certainly deserving consideration this year. We all know that his uh, defense has been outstanding. It seems like he gets better almost every game. He's, he's just been terrific. He's more confident. He's more aggressive. Um, he's even more athletic. He, he seems to sense where the ball's going. All in all, he's turning into a gold glove candidate for sure. Offense, of course, is the main focus on Trevor these days. And he's been red hot. Over his last eight games, he's batting 424. That's 14 for uh, 33. And he's had five consecutive multi-hit games. Uh, for the season, he's hit 14 homers, best on the team. 49 RBIs, best on the team. And his average is up to 270. And another good part of this story, about story, is that the strikeouts are coming down. He's becoming more disciplined at the plate without losing power. Those are all good things to see. So congrats to Trevor Story. Let's hope he gets a chance to go to Washington, D.C. for the All-Star Game. I think he's certainly deserving of consideration. Next topic on my hit and run. Can the Rocks win the NL West? My contention is to get to the playoffs this year, the Rockies will have to win the NL West for the first time in their history. 
Uh, they were in first place for quite a while. Now they're in third place, four games behind the Diamondbacks, a couple more games behind the Los Angeles Dodgers. Well, the Rockies finally broke their five-game losing streak Wednesday night in Philly. It was an impressive performance by starter Tyler Anderson. Two good starts in a row for Tyler, so that's a, that's a good sign. And the offense is finally getting in gear. Well, my question is, can the Rockies overtake both the Dodgers and the D-backs? Uh, currently, the D-backs are 37-30. and They're 7-3 and in their last 10 games. The Dodgers are 35-32, and and they are 8-2 and in their last 10 games, while the Rocks are 33-34, and a game under 500, and just 3-7 and in their last 10 games. I'm not saying the Rockies can't overcome this deficit, but the biggest problem for the Rockies so far, besides being unable to win at home and the bullpen meltdowns, has been their inability to beat either the D-backs or the Dodgers on a consistent basis. Um, those two teams have the Rocks' number right now. I tell you what, Paul Goldschmidt gets in a slump, but all he needs to do is see the Rockies, and uh, the D-backs' first baseman goes on a tear. And Matt Kemp for the Dodgers is, I mean, he's a Rockies killer. Um, so I'm not saying that the Rockies can't do it. It's still very early in the season, but it's going to be a tough haul. Uh, Rockies, if they had taking care of business, I still think they'd have the lead in the NL West right now, but they don't. And it's going to be an uphill climb for them to make the playoffs. So that's one of my takes. Here's another uh, take on Rockies hit and run. What's going on with righty reliever Brian Shaw? Currently has a 7.09 ERA. And really, he's become a liability in the bullpen. He was supposed to be a plus. He was supposed to be the iron bridge or one of the iron bridges to Wade Davis as the closer but uh, Brian Shaw has just been he has not been good I mean there were times early in the season you handed the ball off to Brian and you thought great next step Wade Davis next step uh, save game for the Rockies but not lately he's allowed runs in eight of his past 11 games uh, he looks a little bit flustered out there so what are the Rockies going to do about Brian Shaw. It appears to me they're going to ride out the storm. I, I don't think they're going to uh, put him on the DL with any sort of phantom injury. Uh, maybe Bud Black will use him in less important situations, situations with less leverage. But we saw two nights ago that Shaw was in there late in the game. He gave up a run, which ended up being the difference. At some point, the Rockies are going to have to define a role for Brian Shaw until he gets back into form. So the problem with Brian Shaw, what is it? In my book, it's location, location, location. The old real estate motto. Because you look at his stuff, uh, his pitches are breaking certainly well enough. His slider the other night was really diving. His cutter was moving. Uh, velocity, according to all accounts, is about where it's always been with him. He's primarily a cut fastball pitcher. Uh, I think he's using his slider maybe a bit more than in the past. But the problem is he's not locating his pitches. He's leaving them out over the plate, and they're getting hit. Uh, pitchers are, or batters rather are seeing him very well right now. He's got to fix that because the Rockies need him. Even with Adam Ottavino back off the disabled list as of today, Thursday, for the final game of the Rockies, uh, they spent a lot of money on Brian Shaw. Three years, $27 million. They have to get this figured out. 
Uh, he doesn't seem to be hurt. He's told me he's not hurt. You know, sometimes guys don't tell us the truth, and then the next thing we know, they have a shoulder problem or a forearm problem or something, and they go on the DL, uh, even though, you know, we've asked them if they're hurt, and they, they deny it. Uh, I don't think Brian Shaw's hurt. So bottom line, location, location, location. He's got to get better. And now on to the Ian Desmond watch. He's been everybody's fav favorite whipping boy for two seasons now. And I got to tell you, I've been pretty harsh on Ian. Uh, but it really looks like he's turning the corner. Uh, after a one-for-four performance Wednesday night, he's still hitting just 197. But he looks much better at the plate. The strikeouts are down. And over his last 15 games, Ian is hitting 285. Those are all good signs. I was figuring he'd come into this year and hit 275, 280 for the year with, oh, maybe 20 homers, something like that, 80-plus RBIs. Uh, all of that is still doable, but he needs to get that average up so he's not quite a uh, so much an instant out in occasions. Plus, he's got to quit grounding out to infielders. But overall, Ian's really doing pretty well. Um, 12 homers are now tied with Nolan Arenado for third on the team. Of course, Nolan's in a bit of a slump himself right now. And Desmond's 37 RBIs are also tied with Arenado for second on the team. I also think Desmond has looked better at first base. I thought early in the year he missed some plays that other first basemen, other seasoned first basemen, would have made. And I thought it cost the Rockies. But I think he's getting more confident in picking the ball up off skip throws. I think his footwork is better around the bag. And I think his uh, uh, instincts about when to come in on a bunt, uh, where to position himself uh, in a variety of ways is a lot better than it was. So I think Ian Desmond's starting to turn the corner. And that would be a good thing for the Rockies. After all, they invested in Ian to the tune of $70 million over five years. And he's making $22 million this year. So those signs are all good for the Rockies regarding Ian Desmond. Uh, John Gray, of course, continues to struggle as a starting pitcher. We've talked ad nauseum about John. I still think the talent's there. I just think John has to get his head right. Overall, I think the offense is really starting to click, but wouldn't you know it, just as soon as the offense starts getting in gear, the bullpen and starting pitching begin to falter. So if the Rockies are truly going to make a run at the NL West, all of that has to come together at the same time. Now remember, they had, the Rockies had, I believe it was an eight-game losing streak last June. They rebounded, uh, did well enough to make the wild card. So certainly this latest June swoon isn't necessarily a Rockies killer. Uh, but they have to find some way to get hot themselves, run off a string of seven, eight, nine wins in a row, or eight of ten, something like that, uh, to really get their footing back. And then certainly when they get back home next week after a three-game series at the Texas Rangers, the Rockies have to start winning at home. Uh, my contention is they're going to have to win close to 50 games at home to have any chance to win the NL West, and they are currently eight games under 500 at home at 11 and 19. So those are my quick takes, my Rockies hit and run. Thanks for listening to us on this edition of the Rockies, uh, of the Denver Post on the Rocks podcast. And thanks once again to my colleague, 
Kyle Newman and to Rockies shortstop Trevor Story. For the Denver Post and for the On the Rocks podcast, I'm Patrick Saunders.